second. My sound is not correct. No worries. I, listen, what happened was, <laughs> my niece, you know, I put on these little white noise things so she can take a nap. So my phone died. So I had to charge my phone. But I didn't put an alarm, put my sound on. And my mom had us watching, like, the challenge episodes all day. And I just got so wrapped up in it. The challenge episodes of what? Like, you know, remember the real world world rules challenges? Oh, God, no, don't watch those things. They're terrible. Oh, Jesus. What you think? It's like human dog fighting. No. (laughs) I know. I know, right? I fell off like a long time ago, but I swear, if you're a fan of the old ones, like this new season's really, really good. Like, it's really good. It's so much better than it was before. They still have. No, I thought yeah. we killed that. I thought it just MTV just decided they weren't going to make any reality TV anymore. That wasn't catfish. No, the only weird thing is though they bring people in from Big Brother and like yeah. X on the Beach, yeah. and they have like a pro wrestler on there. <laughs> but no, it's good. I, I like it. For any of it. What happened? I think well, she I said we didn't ask, ask for this. any of that. Yeah. Oh, oh. What are they doing? <laughs> we did not ask for any of that. Like NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. Bring it down. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some Skittles. We went on a uh, like an unexpected hiatus, um, as you ladies know. Like, I lost my furry companion of 15 and a half years at the end of January. Um, yeah, so that's that's been a rough time uh, since then. But I think like the hardest thing now is kind of going day to day, and like. Yeah. I still can't even really face going back to LA right now because, you know, he was my only family out there. And so I'm just like dreading going back to my apartment and my room. And that's like a whole other level of grief I'm going to have to go through. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, now I'm just kind of trying to pick myself up and getting back into the swing of things, I think will be helpful. Um, yeah. And, and if, stock. I mean, he's ugh. not at all cuddly or affectionate and he'll just stare at you for food. <laughs> It's about about the level of interaction that he ever wants to give to humans, but you are more than welcome to him if you ever just need him. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Fox slander. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Everyone he's so not like everyone everyone who has ever owned a cat tells me that he's very cat like. Mm -hmm. Uh, But since I never have owned a cat, all I can do is just take their word for it. But apparently it's very cat-like behavior where he doesn't, he's not affectionate. Like if I, whenever I try to like put him on my bed in order to cuddle with me, he'll just kind of sit there really tense for all of 10 seconds. And then when I am not looking, he'll jump and just go back to his bed. Really? not an affectionate animal whatsoever. And whenever he is, it always freaked me out. Like to the point where I would text like the ex-boyfriend who was with me when I did get him. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's 
understood like how not affectionate my dog is, I would take a picture of it and I'd be like, he can either smell the cancer or I'm dying tomorrow. He's like a nursing home cat. This is the only <laughs> for why he's all of a sudden being affectionate to me. But, you know, he might be really supportive <laughs> for you in your time. Oh, yeah, that's totally the opposite of Baxter. My I God. I'm like, he's not at all. <laughs> the emotional manipulation that Baxter would put me through if he wasn't on the couch with me or my bed or on my lap, it's just like insane. But now like my, I have a two year old niece and she was like really attached to him and would want to walk with him and stuff. And she sees a tattoo on my arm today and she's like, he's missing. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. I thought you forgot. He was oh, around. Yeah, and she's like, we need to go find them. How are we going to go find them? And then she's like, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll ask my stepdad's dog for help. Her name's Adrian. I'm <laughs> so I'm like, sorry. Girl. I didn't mean to laugh, but all I could think of was no! that. No! Your old niece thinks your tattoo is a missing poster. And I just, I was <laughs> so sorry. I did not mean to laugh at all. No, it's okay, because, like, in the beginning, she would ask, where's Baxter? Where's Baxter? Uh, and she also calls me Baxter. <laughs> She's like, where's Baxter? Where's Baxter? I'm like, you know, we don't, you know, he sees two. We're not going to, like, go through the, the, the stages of death with her right now. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, he went bye-byes, and he's not coming yeah. back. And she's like, well, let's, I want to go bye-byes, too. And I'm like, he's in the sky, and she's looking up. It's just, like, every time she does something, she makes Aww. me fall all over again. But it's so Aww. precious. So I got her, I got, I ordered her a lot that I also got for myself so I can give her some of his hair just as a keepsake because that's technically her first dog really yeah but but not to drag everything down (laughs) because I'm sure you know we all had our our losses and our moments and it's been a rough year and you know I I'm just glad you know and you guys helped too that it has such a great support system through it and everyone knows where I'm coming from. Nobody's like, it's just a dog. You know, I didn't get that attitude at all, which is awful how people do that. It's really awful. Um, But if any of you guys are going through anything like that at any one point, you know, I have a great uh, book to recommend or send to you or like a, a pet support loss forum that I also joined. That was great. And, you know, I, came to find out my circumstances I was pretty lucky because some of these people just like it's nuts the grief that they go through you know I didn't have to decide to euthanize them which I feel lucky about too and you know it's just it's terrible having to go through it you know (laughs) yeah Um, really hard and I think everybody should watch WandaVision yeah oh my god perfect timing it was a perfect timing for that (laughs) Because it yeah. was such a great, and no, we're not going to do any spoilers, but it's just such a great show about grief and acceptance and desperation. And at the end, you know, some of some of what was happening is very problematic, you know, ultimately. But then it's like, oh, could you blame? Can you blame the character? You know? Um, you, the death trauma, you know? So if you're mm-hmm. not staring at yeah. it, you're just going to continue to perpetuate that cycle. Yeah. yeah. I got, I actually recorded uh, an episode, uh, what's today? So yesterday, uh, with Johnny and Justin for their Disney Plus diversity show. Yeah. And you know, you guys have met Johnny, you know Johnny. Johnny's mm-hmm. very much a Boy Scout. So anything mm-hmm. remotely like evil or bad, he just cannot abide by it. Meanwhile, <laughs> my evil ass is like, so and so, that's her family. And if it's 2,000 strangers against my own family, guess what? My family's going to live. I yeah. Mean, uh, 
terrible. And it's all on film. I'm sure they're going to release that because, yeah. That's, that's the promo <laughs> clip. That is a promo clip, girl. That's my, my villain origin story. <laughs> no, but I 100%, like, that show is, like, such a great um, meditation on grief. And just even just yeah. processing general emotions. Just in general. Any emotion you might have. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like Oh, such a great show. And if anybody ever wants to like talk about that, whether it's recorded or not, like I'm mm-hmm. so down for it because <laughs> I have so many emotions. I am so the meme. I have so many emotions, so many emotions about that. But yeah. Yeah, it was great. I had to watch it quickly because people were just starting to spoil shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing too. We, you know what? I blame Game of Thrones. I blame Game of Thrones. We all got burned by Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. now we don't trust like event tv anymore and that's no, why everyone's yeah. spoiling the hell out of it left and right like there is no decorum left on the internet when it comes to uh television it's absolutely terrible game of thrones uh, is I going really, to have to uh, sorry <laughs> i really think that streaming has kind of ruined the the idea of like don't spoil it for people right yeah. because we used to get like two weeks right because you're like oh well you know maybe not everybody can go see the movie on opening week mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. we'll just we'll hold it we'll wait until we think everybody's had a chance to go see the movie but now that the movie is in your house people just assume that you don't have shit to do and you're gonna watch it the second it comes out and if you don't then that's your own fault mm-hmm. yeah yeah there used to be like a courtesy right and that kind of seems yeah, like gone out the window window smaller and smaller and smaller until we don't have that anymore right Exactly. Yeah, like when I used to watch How to Get Away with Murder, I was like, well, I can't go on Twitter on Fridays until I see the show because Mm -hmm. I just know. And like, you should know, like at this point, you shouldn't get too pissed at people because, yes, it's rude. It's shitty when it happens. But you should know, okay, I can't get, like, it's Twitter. Like, you can be off for a day or two, you know. It, It aired on Thursday. You got Saturday to watch it or Friday night. You know, just don't be on Twitter, you know. Don't be on Twitter. Yeah, right. I feel like the three of us have a different uh, vantage point because there are certain things that get spoiled for me months before they're ever released because mm-hmm. I've got a screener or I've had to have some meeting with a studio and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like mm-hmm. there, there was one movie, I will not name it, but I definitely got a debrief about it from the studio and I warned people, do not spend your money on this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've seen the first two thirds of it. Do not go spend a full price on this movie. You oh, will no. hate yourself. <laughs> waste of money man but yeah i'm excited for the falcon and the winter soldier and i've been watching servant which is another great show on grief and uh yeah it's just because i got a free year of apple plus for getting a, a iphone 12 so i was like all right well let's see what's on oh. ted lasso i fell in love with you guys should check that out if you really need a good pick me up ted lasso is really good any of those shows and I had a free year of Apple TV plus and I like mm-hmm. it was supposed to expire in February mm-hmm. and then they were like we're gonna courtesy six months and I said wow <laughs> put them put them on your watch list I, I yeah. feel like you'll like it like Ted Lasso is good for the soul and then a servant is with M. Night Shyamalan but this is like I mean he's an executive producer so there's somebody else who created the show and directs it and writes it but it, it's great it's great it's a great little horror thriller but this is not a horror thriller that we're talking about today. 
Yeah, we're here to talk about Fresh Prince. Is that what we're still doing here? Is that what we do here? I think so. I think so. <laughs> What's your I new show like called? This episode do- was horror, but I mean, let's get to it. <laughs> What's Tony's new show called? Do we need a podcast for that? Do we need a oh, podcast no, for you, this episode? Have you tried not being a podcast? There That's we go. Yeah, and I, that name, the name of the, my new podcast cracks me up every single time. It just makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, I thought it was a YouTube show, and I was like, oh no, she posted podcast links. Oh, <laughs> irony. <laughs> it's both. It's like a video. Po- I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely up on YouTube as like a video podcast, but we record it as if we're, uh, you know, just d- distributing it just as an audio podcast. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen the brush about that because I, I know your producer very well, and they kept saying, "Oh, I'm producing this new show. I'm producing this new show," and they never mentioned your name, Tony. And then finally, they sent me links so I could also post and help get the word out. And I was like, "Tony's in this? You didn't tell me." Yeah, <laughs> Tony I, didn't tell me. <laughs> I thought, well, you you listen, dude. You're kind of away from me, and you're kind of processing. And I didn't want to be like, "Hey, just to interrupt your grief process." Here's my new podcast. <laughs> I it up. Help a friend out. Thanks. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. Oh yeah, my way, I'm the talent. It's like not my job to market something. I just show up <laughs> and I just do my, th- that's it. I'm just here to, you know, sound and look pretty. That's all I do here as the talent. So basically if Tony gets in like a Disney movie or something, she won't tell us. And then she's like, nope. I was just a talent. I wasn't supposed to market it. <laughs> Sorry. Was I supposed to tell my friends? Next time that Comic-Con panels and things come up, I'm just going to say, Tony, you're di- you're not here for this. You're just here to be pretty. You don't need to be on this panel. That's fine. I'm the worst, though, to be honest. In, in all seriousness, I'm god-awful at self-promotion. Oh, I, me too. It's ridiculous because I'm in marketing, and I can market mm-hmm. the shit out of anything else you give to me, but the minute it's like, hey, market yourself, I'm like, I don't know what that is. What are you even mm-hmm. saying I don't even know what that is. It's so much easier for me to market this podcast than it is like my own Instagram. Like I feel like deleting that every other week. <laughs> but like the 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 Instagram for the podcast and marketing this podcast, I have no problem with. It's just if it's me personally, I'm like, why? I'm not I'm not of the social media influencer age, you know. But you are. You are. Yeah, I am. I am, but oh. I'm not at the same time. I wasn't raised in it, I should say. You are though. You totally. I was born in it. Yeah, I was. Wait, what's the line? I forgot the line. There needs to be a line, and then there needs to be a shirt. I was born in the social media age. So we're almost done season one. Oh. I'm excited. We are wow. nearly finished i think we have four more episodes one more month and then we hit our one year anniversary and then we move on to season two and it's so exciting guys and still still i'm astonished by how many of like my um uh, most memorable memorable uh episodes are in this season i'm like oh that mm-hmm. was in season one <laughs> yeah you know so let's jump into it uh so this one is called it had to be you this is actually one of my favorites um it aired on February 4th, 1991, directed by Jeff Melman and written by Cheryl Gard. Synopsis is Jazz asks Will the favor of taking his sister out on a date after she moves into town. 
Will turns it down until Jazz introduces the two, and then Will takes her on a date and learns that she has her whole life planned out for the two already. So, first impressions before we get into it. Um, I don't remember this episode, so it definitely no. must have been an episode that, uh, I don't know, maybe my mom maybe there was a little league game that I was at and I wasn't able to actually sit <laughs> down and see this on, on TV because, uh, and I don't remember seeing it much in syndication because it's not mm-hmm. one of like, I, I don't, I, it's not a bad episode. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like it's not like the worst thing ever, but this isn't like the top 10 iconic, you know, Fresh Prince episodes. So it's never something that I remember people bringing back to me, but mm-hmm. it's incredibly surprising too, because Janet is played by Vivica Fox Mm-hmm. Who is here with Will Smith a full five years that they'll actually get to be together again in Independence Day and in like mm-hmm. the big movie that launches Will Smith to be Mr. Fourth of July, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big Willie Will Smith. So I-, I was like, I can't, I can, I can't believe that I don't remember this episode. I can't believe that I've never seen this episode before. So watching it for the first time uh, just earlier today was kind of like. This is like it was insane to me that I had never seen to it. Like I've never seen it before. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? I had vague memories of this episode, but I feel like I might have it confused with another one because it definitely mm-hmm. I forgot that Kate Fox was in it. It didn't play out the way that I would thought it was going to. Uh-huh. Um, so it was kind of like a fresh experience for me watching this episode, and I cool. had feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Which I can't wait to dive into. But the same yeah. as, yeah, this was like, I didn't quite remember how it ended until we got midway through. And I was like, oh, this is what's going to happen now. And I was really excited for it. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But also, I'm going to tell you this. This was the first time I ever realized that Vivica A. Fox and Will Smith played a couple in Independence Day. I, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Because I looked on the IMDb trivia. I was like, Duh, because they look so young in this, you know. You they, they look like no, I forgot. Look, they look like a girl and a boy in this episode, and they are man and woman in, in Independence Day in 1997. <laughs> that it does look like four different people <laughs> or two different people. It does. It <laughs> but does. yeah, I never it's realized like that. What did you say? I had to. I was watching. I said, definitely, it looked like decades have gone by, not five years. And yeah. I had to pause the episode and make sure that was her. Because yeah. I'm more familiar with them from Independence Day. I've seen that movie 9,000 times. I literally watched it this week. Um, so I'm much used to, I'm much more used to them looking like that. So right. seeing her so young, I was like, is that Vivica Fox? Or are my <laughs> eyes just like filling in the blanks and they're wrong? Yeah, she's she's real baby face in this because she did have a, a, a little bit of a career before her appearance in this episode. She was on Days of Our Lives and she did make an appearance on Who's the Boss. And I think she was on some other like pseudo soap called Generations um, that used to be on. And of course, if, if you're on the, of the younger crowd, you're like, what the hell are those shows? <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's just, I think like Independence Day was probably the first time we were really introduced to her um, in her career. And then the same year, uh, I believe she did set it off. I think it was the same year or the year before that. Yeah. Uh, but that was a little too too grown up for me to be watching. I did see the end, though. I was like, oh, I can't watch this. I can't oh, I watch this from the beginning. My mom, my mom oh, yeah. didn't give me a fuck. We went to go see the theater. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I want to see this. And you're coming <laughs> with me. <laughs> 
Um, but Basically, yeah. we had a good time. Great movie. Oh, but the ending. I'm like, oh, that must have been a little traumatic, though. That that ending's violent. Like, I, me talking as someone who started watching horror movies when she was seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's violent, though. Getting shot up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure how my mom did it, but she was very explicit. Like, this is entertainment. We go watch it. Like, you don't behave like this. Yeah. Please don't um, rob a bank. So it was just very clear in my mind that like, these were these were fake. I don't I don't yeah. know. I have no clue how she I need to figure out how she did that and made it clear before I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> um but so Probably we're opening put that on my to-do list. What? Do you get that that talk? Like per, parental yeah, get lessons. That talk and figure out what that talk is. Yeah. This is this is make pretend i don't know yeah i don't know how you can say anything different than you know what's common sense yeah (laughs) all right but this is like the first time i guess you know uh jazzy jeff over here is getting the um what's his face the kramer treatment on this show where when he walks in he gets the applause from the audience Mm. so that's how we open up the episode And, you know, Hillary's sitting there with Ashley, and, and he's just being a, a complete creep, you know, as, yep. as he does. <laughs> and, you know, Ashley apologizes when Hillary storms out, but, you know, he's like, well, you know, that's fine. It was worth it watching her leave, and Ashley just makes this disgusted face, which I liked. I liked. Uh, so, Will meets Jazz, who asks him for a favor, and that's to date his sister, and Will doesn't want to be set up on a blind date with Jazz's sister because, of course, you know, he's concerned about how she looks. And I tell you, ladies, I cannot wait for that Queen Latifah episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. And then Will makes an excuse that Jazz is like a brother to him. You know, that should mean that his sister's like a sister to him and he doesn't want it to jeopardize their friendship. Uh, but Jazz says he's willing to take that chance. And, you know, with that line, I mean, later we learn. You know, that he doesn't just say this for a punchline, but that he's kind of desperate. <laughs> right. Uh, you know. Yeah, have you guys ever been like set up on a blind date? No. By your friends? Okay, no. Good. You guys good friends. <laughs> Jordan. No, I'm, She's not a date date. Like not go to this place and meet this person but i have had friends a matchmaker and be like i'm just going to introduce the two of you or like i'm going to set up a group chat and then get out of the group chat there you go me too mm. i've done that but yeah no high expectations yeah. or anything i just thought i was like a matchmaker no i did um no. the only time that i've ever seen love at first sight actually happen for two other people it was at a friendsgiving mm-hmm. and it was um the host over the yams Right. <laughs> so the, the, the host uh, was in marching band, which I was, and that's why I was at the party. And mm-hmm. so he invited, you know, just anybody who was still around. And one of the people who showed up was also uh, a, uh, a grad, uh, a grad student, you know, trying to get their, uh, their master's or possibly even their doctorate, I'm not sure, uh, in music. And then because the host was also in a fraternity, he invited another friend who was in, uh, during homecoming, they pair up the fraternities and the sororities as like homecoming partners. Yeah. So the girl who showed up was, that's how, so literally two people who would have had no way of actually knowing, knowing somebody if the, the host, the party host had not brought them together. 
And like once these two like saw each other, introduced themselves, they were locked together like mm. forever. Now to this day, they've been married for like I think ten years. They have like kids, and they're just like the most precious things ever. And then when I caught up with them, they were like, "Wasn't that your party?" I'm like, "I wish that was my party." So like, yes, I am responsible for this love because they like Take had very, very very fast courtship and whatnot. But um, it's the only time that I've actually ever seen that actually happen, like two mm-hmm. actual strangers meeting each other for the first time and having like instant chemistry but me myself no I've never had that like I am firm (laughs) like by the time I was dating like Facebook and social media was already like up and going maybe but there was really no opportunity to just be like yeah come meet this stranger that you've never met before like that's that's not a thing that I I think that's why I think it's that's why I think it doesn't happen anymore because we have social media, so it's mm-hmm. not ever completely blind. We have the ability to like pre-introduce people now. Yeah, we also have a lot of like true crime shows that are out now. Right. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so ladies are not trying to jump in the blind dates, you know. Right. So, like I'm blindly. firmly a millennial, and like when I was a kid, there was nothing worse in the world than a stranger because all strangers wanted to either murder you or yes. kidnap you for child trafficking, and oh there was God. no in between. There was no such there was no such thing as a nice stranger, right? <laughs> for millennial children. Right. So, yeah. So this idea, this idea when we grew up that we were going to set up our friends to like go on a date, like that's just not. No. I'm sure somebody somewhere still does that, but that's never something I ever experienced. No. Uh, so uh, Jazz and Will, they compromise with at least a little bit of a meet and greet. But, you know, Will is so concerned about how this person's going to look and he imagines Jazz and drag there. And uh, in the next scene, Hillary walks in. I love this outfit she has. It's like this mm-hmm. rare business suit that you don't see anymore, but was pretty right. hot in like the 80s and 90s with the shorts. Yes, the skirt the sh- suit or the skirt mm-hmm. is it a skirt? But yeah, I just skirt suits I, I in general is not yeah, really a thing we do anymore. But I don't think it was even a skirt. I think it was just it was shorts, but it's so like blended like gauchos almost. Mm. Where, you know, um, but yeah, it was very was, cute. It was, it was very so cute. cute, very tailor made. Um, we I, we have to talk to the whoever was the designer on this because mm-hmm. <laughs> costuming because uh, I love everything she wears. So she comes in and she's sitting next to Aunt Viv and this is a great scene. She says that she's worked on her budget and she's like, this is how much I made and this is how much I spend. I spend five times more than I made. And she's like, oh, this budget thing's easy. And she walks away. I love her. I love her. She's so great. Um, And then Jazz arrives at the banks that night and Will and and Jeffrey go back and forth. He's trying to bribe him not to open the door. And then Uncle Phil asks why Will doesn't want to see Jazz. And he explains that Jazz is trying to set him up with his sister. And then Uncle Phil imagines Jazz in drag, which is another funny moment. Uh, So they finally walk in. It's Jazz and Janet, who we already mentioned is played by Vivica A. Fox. And you guys seen her also in the Kill Bill films, which great scene. She didn't get enough to do. I love her. Vernita Green. Um, so Will is, of course, rendered speechless, but then proceeds to practically hover over her as Vivian makes the proper introductions. So is she like, I don't know, just going to college? Like 18, 19 or 20? Did you guys like, did you get a feeling she was as old as Hillary they was? Or so I have questions about that. <laughs> 
which we can talk about at the end, but I have questions. And I, I have questions about everything. Like, how old are any of them supposed to be? Because yes. they're all well into their adulthood at this point. So, like, how old are any of them? I get that Will's supposed to be in high school because we see him go to high school. But, like, how old is Janet? Is she a freshman? Is she a transfer student? I'm so confused. Right. Because at first I got the feeling she does say she got a scholarship to um, UCLA, but that doesn't mean anything because, yeah, she could be a transfer student, which usually makes you about 1920, or you can even be 21, 22, whatever. Um, Ashley's nine, which we learned. Hillary, what did we learn? She was 20, I think. I think, Tony. I think we learned like she was 20. And then Will, it's so weird because Will and Carlton are supposed to be sophomores. But a couple of times they slipped up and said Will was 17. But Will and Carlton do not graduate high school until season three or four. But we're oh, kind of. Totally it's totally whacked out. It's plausible. And that's why Will was sent out there that Will has gotten left back once, maybe twice. But I don't get the feeling sure. he was yeah. held back twice. Right. Well, I mean, uh, so you got a couple of things going on here, right? So you've got like, oh, sorry. What happened? I would assume. Oh, is it my turn? Held back once is like a guess, but it still doesn't explain why it takes three years to graduate after they're sophomores. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you got a couple of things going on here. So sitcoms, um, the only way in which they really seem to track time is by their holly, their, their holiday episodes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we really want to go in to see how many Christmas episodes uh, that there are, yeah, sure. We could probably actually establish some sort of timeline. Um, but then there's also the thing of you've got uh, the actual actor, Will Smith. At this point, he's like in his what? He's like 22, I believe. Yeah. So he's like a yeah. So he's already firmly in his 20s. Um, and then Vivica Fox, I'm pretty sure is in the same situation. But you're just mm-hmm. casting like, you know, nobody here who is playing a teenager is actually a teenager. It's only mm-hmm. it's only Ashley, whoever gets to be a teenager, actually playing a, teen, a teenager. But that's because she's on the show long enough to actually go through puberty and get to those, you know, specific ages and times. Um, yeah. And it's just also another thing, too, where, like, if you go back, even just as, like, the 90s are only, like, what, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. people looked older. People, yeah, for sure. You know, maybe it's styling, maybe like nutrition. I don't know what the deal is. I'm sure somebody who has actually like been able to figure out. I mean, even when you go back, like you know, 50 years ago, and you say like that's an 18 year old. Jesus Christ, do they look like 45? Like there were just there's a lot of instances where older or were we just younger? Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Because one, we know about SPF, we know about mm-hmm. antioxidants, uh, mm-hmm. we know about how to do our hair so that way we're not needlessly aging ourselves. Like, not wearing as much makeup and right. hairspray. And... Right. <laughs> right. So there's a couple of factors in here um, that are at play. And the 90s, definitely, even though it was not that long ago, it's still 30 years ago. Oh my God, who's calling me? My mother's trying to call me. No, oh mom. my God, Mama, Mama Sanchez. I'm no, no, Belinda, <laughs> not now. Hang on, she's probably gonna try to call me back. Let me text her. Not now. I will no, call you not. back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't take a rest of it. All right, sorry. Um, 
No, I mean, it, it's just, gosh. I mean, frankly, at this point, they were just trying to find, you know, it's all these folks that are just on the cusp of, like, becoming famous, right? So these are already folks that are established, right? So, like, we see that with, like, Vivica Fox, Nia Long, uh, Tyra Banks. Uh, there's, like, uh, Naomi Campbell is in here for at one point just to look cute. Like, it's all these people that are firmly yeah. established. They're not trying to actually find, like, someone who's 18, 19. Um, yeah, which is why there's just think... this weird thing of, like, yeah, you teenagers go out and have fun. But Yeah, yeah. They're treating them okay. almost like adults. I think my biggest concern is knowing how old she is because Will is supposed to be 15. Maybe he's 16. Maybe he's 17. Like but he... I think this lady is, like, 20. <laughs> right. right. So I'm like, well, is this an appropriate relationship? Will is 16, 17 because in the next episode, spoiler alert, he does mention taking the car so he can drive. And you have to at least be 16 to drive in California. So, I mean, we know Ishwell's age, but I agree with you. This may not be an appropriate relationship. And the further <laughs> we go down this rabbit hole, it certainly isn't an appropriate relationship. No. But we'll get there. We'll get it. And I actually kind of want to just bounce around because this the scenes are a little bit chock full and there's a couple of fillers in there. But yeah, I just, in hindsight, I guess you would be like, this is pretty problematic. I mean, is is this a, like abusive pretty much? Because if the roles were reversed, it's supposed to be a comedy, obviously, and it's not like a PSA episode, but this is like very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable um, when you think yes, about maybe his absolutely. age and the situation. <laughs> Well, the whole episode is... multiple things that made me uncomfortable in this episode. Right. multiple things that made me uncomfortable. The first Mm -hmm. being, the jazz and dress was not... It's a thing that happened a lot in the 90s where just, like, you automatically put a man in a dress and it became funny for some reason. Martin! And it's just not funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just not... It's not funny. I feel like it's misogynistic and transphobic at worst. Like, Mm -hmm. just uncomfortable to see again now that we have come years later um and then the next thing is that on this date with janet and will if the roles were reversed this absolutely would be abusive which yeah. in my mind it still is in that case like we don't have to reverse the roles this behavior is yeah. incredibly unhealthy but it's like played for laughs it's played for laughs and it's more like because she's the woman it's almost like she's being an assertive sassy black woman you know, so we, it it comes off, I think, more abrasive when you're an adult and you really know about relationships. But if you're like a teenager or younger, like, you know, I was, I was just like, oh, she's just like, really, she knows what she wants. She's bossy, like they're saying. But I didn't really see anything wrong with it. You know, younger, being younger and not really knowing um, those sort of signs. But let me let me roll back and ask you a question real quick. You did mention jazz being in drag. Is it less problematic because they weren't more so making fun of him being in drag, but more so they were thinking that it just looked like jazz as a woman, so to speak. And it, it's not like it doesn't it doesn't get taken into that Martin level of Shanae. It wasn't as bad as Shanae, but it still just made me uncomfortable. And I just mm-hmm. don't. I don't think I have the right language to describe it, but I just, I don't see the humor. Like any, you just put a man in a dress and all of a sudden it's funny, which at that point, like, is it funny because he's, he's an ugly woman? 
Is right. it funny because trans people are funny? Is it supposed to be funny because women are ridiculous? Like, I don't get the joke. Right. It's cheap. Pretty much. It's a cheap yeah. laugh. Tony, you have any insight or yeah, thoughts I, I about think, it? Yeah, I think, well, one, um, <laughs> yeah, the 90s were absolutely terrible about just putting, um, you know, men in dresses or not even just, not even putting him in drag. He's not in drag. He's just in women's clothing. Right. And it's not like they tried to put him in a tasteful dress. It's not like, you know, uh, like the immediate example that came to my mind is, um, do you guys remember that episode of Boy Meets World? Where for the sake of a, uh, it's like a school project, a social experiment, they put Sean um, and they have him live uh, a day as a as a girl. I think but, so, vaguely. But yeah. they yeah. put him like he's in a pretty dress. He's, you know, he looks very like, you know, um, he's committing to it, you know, for the mm-hmm. sake of like trying to see what it's like to be a girl walking around. And they actually do it for the purpose of showing how sexist and misogynist other men can be. And it's supposed to be an eye-opening moment for Sean, who can sometimes be a very misogynistic character. Now, there are definitely problematic aspects of that. I'm not saying like, oh, look at this great thing that they did by putting one of their actors in a dress. But I feel like that is an instance where they're doing it for a purpose and not just for the gag. Mm -hmm. And I think when you put a man in a dress or in women's clothing uh, or in quote-unquote drag just for the gag, and you're trying to tee hee hee about it. I feel like that's when you're kind of crossing a line into just like, oh, okay. Uh, like even if the delivery, you know, of like, because obviously they're trying to be like, you know, because the gag is supposed to be that jazz is ugly, but we don't right exactly ugly. Ugly. Like never Jazzy Jeff has never been ugly in his life. He never will be ugly. He's a very attractive man. Yes. But the gag in the Fresh Prince show is that he's supposed to be the Roger, right? He's supposed right. to be annoying, like not handsome enough to be called handsome, right? Mm-hmm. But like, that's obviously a handsome young actor. Like on a sitcom, he wouldn't be here if he was truly ugly, right? Like that's right. not how shallow Hollywood <laughs> works. Like I'm sorry. So for them to kind of just put him in like this bikini top with the shenane, like high ponytail braids <laughs> and, uh, you know, bright red lipstick. It's yeah. not like, you know, it's just for the weird visual gag of like, ha ha, that's, his, this is obviously what his sister must look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when, uh, Will, when he meets Janet for the first time, you don't have a goatee. Like really? Yeah. Like, me, the scripting of it is really like, that's where it definitely underscores just how like, like, come on, this is like really lazy. This is not at all. I don't think it'll be the worst Fresh Prince episode that we watched, but I definitely had a lot of opinions of just like, there's a lot of low, like low hanging fruit here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really a shame that it's, there is a cool, there are some cool parts that I'm sure we're going to get to, especially uh, in the later half of the episode. But especially when they like the build up to see how ugly Janet is. Mm. Apparently Jazz himself is ugly. It's just yeah. like, uh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I get I, it now. Not, not, not comfortable with it. Because I'll admit, like, I chuckled a little bit because even, like, I, I'm a, a, a advocate for, you know, the trans community and, you know, whatever. I'll, defi- I'll defend you. But, you know, because I was thinking in my head, they're not really making a gag about it. And it, and it isn't as bad as Martin can be. I, you know, right. I chuckled. And, but yeah, I can see it from that perspective too. It's cheap. It was kind of unnecessary because they did drive the point home. Yeah, Jazz is supposed to be this 
unattractive guy and Will doesn't really, you know, trust that his sister looks good, <laughs> which you don't even need that. You're playing up the fact that they're friends. And if something right. were to yeah. happen where the sister didn't work out, he didn't want to jeopardize a friendship. That's supposed to be a joke, but that should be like the real reason, you know? Um, like there are yeah. other sitcoms that have done this exact same trope. But yes. the, the line that they'll use, first off, they'll never put the male actor in drag or in a dress or anything because they'll just not, right? Exactly. And then the line that somebody will say, be like, wow, I see you, you got all the looks in the family, or like, right. wow, a thing like your brother, or like, thank God, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're right, like, yeah. there are other ways to make that joke without having to put a man in a dress for a visual a gag. And yeah, for anybody which... who's curious about, you know, because I'm sure that I'm not at all explaining this the right way or with enough nuance or with the right language, there's a really great uh, documentary on Netflix called Disclosure mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of runs through the history of trans representation uh, in mm. media and how media has kind of trained us to kind of have certain... Uh, reactions, reactions and expectations of uh, men in dresses, trans oh, okay. media, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So when you say that you laugh, I'm not at all surprised at that because it's like, yeah, it is kind of silly because it is supposed to be this yeah. wild caricature. Yeah. But then when you think about the undercurrent, you know, the the the, the underlying issues and how it could feed into a very problematic uh, message. Then, yeah. yeah. Then we kind of have to be like, yeah, it might have been silly and ha ha he he, but we're not doing that anymore. That's not something we're trying to carry into the rest of the 2020s. For sure. Um, but Jordan, let's get back to you because you exactly. were like making a, a, a list exactly. of things that you were um, calling out in the episode. <laughs> I forgot where you left off. Though. Uh, you you were talking about the, jazz. The first- talking about the jazz we we kind of jumped around but i was just saying how the the whole date and will's relationship with janet if you want to call it a relationship um absolutely abusive behavior Mm -hmm. just not okay no No. you know she she says that i don't want to be looking at other women like she immediately just jumps into controlling will basically and Mm -hmm. it's it's played for laughs it's supposed to be with her saying like oh my man shouldn't be looking at other women mm. and oh you know my man isn't going to have high cholesterol so you won't get a steak and <laughs> very vividly reminded me of like <laughs> but I've had girlfriends who you know and, and, and myself have been in situations where relationships have been unhealthy and it immediately just reminded me of like well it starts out small with saying like oh you shouldn't eat this or oh you shouldn't wear that or oh I'm uncomfortable with you you know hanging out with this person and mm-hmm. three months later, you are in a full-blown abusive relationship. And yeah. so I just, it's supposed to be funny. And she's, like, supposed to be a sassy black woman, which is also problematic. Yeah. Um, but to me, looking at through the lens of 2021, I didn't see either of those things. I just saw abuse red flags. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And even before that, uh, sorry if we could just rewind a little bit more, back to Will and Jazz. Like, okay, so then Will, Will meets Janet. She's a, a a beautiful woman, obviously. They leave and then was like, oh, I'm so excited about this date or whatever. Then Jazz is like, well, I don't know. He flips Will's dialogue back at him about, you know, their friendship. And then, you know, he's like, well, what are you willing to give for it? And I'm just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. She's for sale. The date is for <laughs> sale. So, you know, she he takes uh, Will's clothes, basically. All of Will's clothes. 
I'm like, oh, man, guys, why do you have to do that now? Because right. the sale right. of women, like, they're not right. property. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sister, not just women. You know what? Dude's own sister. And your own like, sister, yes. Wow. <laughs> to a guy you know can be a dog. I didn't even key in on that, and I'm kind of ashamed of myself at this point. Like, I saw the joke, like, ha, 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 he's going to take all of Will's clothes before this is over, and then Will's going to come up, and he's going to be next. Like, I knew where the joke was going. Right. And so I was, like, giggling, like, ha, 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 we're going to see Will in his boxers. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking that, like, oh, no, he did just sell his sister with, like, out asking her if that was okay. Yes, it is funny when he slides into there because they're not, they're like, you know, uh, Janice, he's really cool. And then he slides like, I got a date. Yeah, that's funny. Like the punchline of that joke. But then when you look at it, it's like, he sold his sister to this dog of a, of a boy. Right. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like this whole episode is like a perfect, like, summary of what early 90s comedy was because yeah. it's like. Oh. It's that bit yes. from the Nutty <laughs> Professor. It's the Dave Chappelle bit where he's all like, women be shopping, they be shopping, and all men are done. Like, it is just, he's very broad, which we now, like, nobody makes those jokes anymore because they're tired and old. Mm. But it's like, all men are dogs, and all women be nagging, or be shopping, or whatever the the, the joke of, of that specific com- comedian may be. But yeah. that was literally, like the perfect summary of what every you know either amateur or just a person who happened to actually make enough of their name to still be telling the same old tired jokes where Mm -hmm. it's just that all men can't be trusted and they are all dogs uh, Mm -hmm. or women are just completely controlling and nagging for no good reason so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just to me more than anything that this is a product of its time and not to say like it's antiquated thinking it's just very much like I feel like somebody watched an episode of Deaf Comedy Jam wrote down those jokes and then figured out how to turn it into an ep- a sitcom episode <laughs> oh my and goodness if you can't forget the fat phobia because again we got more jokes about Uncle Phil's weight in this episode yes Yes, the snack thing. I guess I'll be waiting a while. Yeah, Uncle Phil. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you're you're absolutely correct, Tony. This episode was written by an algorithm of '90s comedy. Yeah, completely. They watched that first season of Deaf Comedy Jam, and then they just made <laughs> one of those algorithm machines, and they spit it back out. And then they just happened to go ahead and cast like a really charming cast into the whole thing. Um, are, where are we in the episode, Magdalena? Are we now on we're, the date or after the date? We're bouncing around. Uh, okay. I have, like, one more thing to, like, talk about before we get to the date part, which is, I bet it'll probably be a bigger discussion. But uh, I, I do like, I don't think Jazzy Jeff gets enough credit being a comedic actor in this, a character mm. actor in this show. <laughs> I love his delivery of the hat. The hat <laughs> when he's taking Will's clothes. Yeah. He's like, this is a nice jacket. And he's like, I'm the hat too. And he's like, the hat? <laughs> I don't know. I just love that so much. That made it really funny to me. Timing was on point this whole episode. Yes. And he really, you're right. He does not get enough credit. He doesn't because he you don't even feel like he's trying hard. It's almost like he could be this person in real life. <laughs> but you know he, he probably isn't <laughs> it just comes natural it's, it doesn't ever feel forced it's just it's funny it's good when he's not trying to know kiss up on Hillary <laughs> when he does the other stuff um but yeah let's let's get to the date let's get to the date where Will's kissing all up on this woman 
was gross. And you almost mm. you almost feel like, oh, Will's getting his and, you know, this is the comeuppance and yeah, you know, somebody should take him down a peg. And then, you know, we've we've talked about how those are just some a lot of red flags for an abusive person. Um, the way she's just talking him down and talking to the waitress. Uh, but yeah, do, do you guys want to go into the scene a little bit more or right after? Um, Any I, other comments? I don't... I have never understood people who feel the need to be controlling of their partners. Um, I've never understood no. uh, women who feel like they have to control who their men talk to, who they're friends with. Um, how they interact because it's like that's ha- like if you're hetero, right? That's half the population. Mm-hmm. Like that's half the population that could possibly, or even not even that. It's like there are so many people out there that don't even want you, don't even like you. Like later in the scene, it's like uh, Tony, Hillary's best friend, uh, who is completely, totally just like you know the superficial airhead character, really into fashion. She's complimenting Will's uh, jacket. There's no mm-hmm. flirtation there, but she's just like that's a really nice jacket, and immediately. You know, Janet, the Janet character is just like, why is she touching you? Why is she looking at you? Why are you looking at her? Don't talk to her. You don't even know her anymore. Now yeah. that um, it's just really like, I, I've never understood this character. I understand why it's being played for uh, the fun and giggles, especially mm-hmm. because up until this point, nobody has kind of done this to the Will Smith character. No. Point, uh, which is fun for a minute but then when you realize like oh there are way too many people that think that this shit is cute that -hmm. think that like oh they just really care about me and they just really you know it's like Mm -hmm. this is the one I hate whenever like no because you need to be respectful of your partner and you're just trying to give a relationship respect and the proper amount of respect you just need to like I'm like oh oh, no absolutely (laughs) I can't stand when people do that shit because it's just like if you got to control somebody that damn much they really don't want to be with you and you know that and you just need to let them go and find someone who at the very least wants to be controlled you can make a lot of money finding people who want to be controlled like they will pay top dollar for that shit okay like (laughs) you can make a lot of money as a dominatrix like sweetie you do not do this to to some unwilling partner like ugh. It's just so, so bad and so cringe, but yeah. Oh. You want to add in more insight to this scene, Jordan? I feel like I've already said enough. <laughs> okay, no worries. I think at the end of the scene, though, there is a, a, a kind of a funny bit there where Will's looking at the camera and then she's like, who are you looking at? <laughs> and I like, I that like was, the look. I love- Good break the fourth wall in general like I just I'm a huge fan of breaking the fourth wall so anytime it happens it brings a smile to my face yes but some people don't know how to do it well or in most cases it's like the fourth wall break that's part of the show uh shows you know uh skeleton that's part of its formula you know because this is not a mockumentary and I don't know if there's a, a a trope name or a genre name for this but you know it's not like the wonder years or Moesha or Clarissa explains it all where it's kind of like their diary and you know or where they are audience there but every time they use the, the fourth wall it's almost perfect and, and it doesn't take you out of the scene either you know, when they hit that fourth wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a, kind of a perfect way to end the scene. Like, who are you looking at? <laughs> See, he's looking at us. Chill, chill. Um, so next scene we get is the Hillary and Ashley scene. And it's kind of weird. It's, uh, it's actually a pretty weird and almost out of place scene to me. I'm like, 
Well, what was that all about? Oh, that was very filler. Yeah. Yeah. With the boy calling, and it was like, Hillary, you're kind of all over the place this season. Uh, not this season, this this episode. Because <laughs> it doesn't tie into anything or anything that happened to her earlier in the episode. So right. basically, Ashley comes out of the shower, and she's waiting for this call from this boy that she likes. And then Hillary's like, oh, it's just like men to make you wait. And they expect you to wait by the phone. And then she picks up the phone call that happens and tells this 10th grader that Ashley won't be returning for seven. Fifth grader. A whole fifth grader. A whole six-year-old boy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. A fifth grader that Ashley won't be home for several days. And, oh, you expect her to call you? Okay, sure. That's going to (laughs) happen. She hangs up. Ashley's just like, WTF. Just verbally berates this poor 10-year-old boy who's just like, hi, is Ashley home? Can I talk to Ashley? (laughs) Can I talk to her? And, yeah, you're right, Jordan. It's a complete filler scene. And honestly, we didn't need Ashley in this episode. You can cut this whole scene out. And as much as I love Hillary's first, I mean, actually, they play a part later. So you need Hillary appearing earlier in the episode. But yeah, we didn't need this scene. Um, so when they leave the kitchen. No, I feel like they were trying to, I thought they were trying to give Ashley something to do this episode. Because you're right. Mm-hmm. She really was decoration yeah. through this whole plot. Um, but also, I think they were trying to show that, like, oh, look, all women act crazy. It's, you know, like, I think they were trying to drive a point home, but it didn't land. Oh, no, because I'm just, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, after seeing that, right. I'm like, yeah, you yeah, have a point. Yeah. But then it then completely trying, leads I think in. they were just trying to drive a point home that, like, all women act unstable. When, like, no, no, they don't. Right. No. No. Then it leads into the scene with uh, Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil, where she's like a brisk walk in the morning. Don't you feel great? And Uncle Phil's like obviously not about the brisk walk in the morning, and he's just mm-hmm. looking for some damn pecan rolls. <laughs> uh, and then that's when you know again it's like a play, right? Mm-hmm. The actors leave the room, another one at you know enters. Yep. Right. So. <laughs> To have Will come in and be like, yo, like it did not go well. The state did is not what I wanted it to be at all. And then um again, women be crazy. So Phil mm-hmm. gets in another women be crazy about like, you know, they get like that. And then Aunt Viv is right there, like, oh, how do we get? What do we do? What's that now? And Uncle Phil is just kind of like, ah, I wasn't talking about you. Obviously. Yeah. Like, but it, yeah, it's just which is kind of strange to me. I can I can get him doing that at the end of the episode like he does, but the way he just slipped like that while she while he knew she was behind him, and like you know talking about her like that to his nephew that he barely respects. I mean, come on, that was a little a little out of place there. Right. Like I can I have a family where it's like the men all appear to be like the leaders of their respective families. Mm-hmm. But I tell them all the time, I'm like, God forbid if any of your women go before you because none of you are making it six months after the fact. You all are gonna be just like Jimmy <laughs> Cash following Jimmy <laughs> less than six months later. Like the women are one hundred percent the ones that are in charge. They just go ahead and like you look like you're the one who's actually the head of the family. So mm-hmm. I get like this little joke about Uncle Phil looking like he's the big, you know, bad, tall, you know, you know, head of the family when really it's the small, tiny, you know, little English professor behind him that is actually, you know, the one in charge. Yeah. So I appreciate that joke, but it's just like the fact that this whole episode is a women be crazy episode and mm-hmm. is kind of pulled into that that yeah 
just like, mm, okay. which is weird, which is right. weird. I feel like they have such a mutual respect for each other that even, even if Uncle Phil wanted to play that up, which he does at the end of the episode, he wouldn't say that in front of her to, to his nephew, which is like really her nephew, <laughs> you know, right. his nephew by marriage. It just felt a little bit out of place and disparaging and not something that he would say. Well, if it was say while she other, was there. Right. If it was in any other episode, I think it would have been fine. And we mm-hmm. would have been like, oh, ha ha, he he. Yeah. Like, just like Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil, especially Uncle Phil is like, yeah, I'm the king of this castle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, are you? Like, no, no, dear, I'm not. Like, I feel like <laughs> any other episode, it just would have been a cute joke. But because this is all to They're illustrate. They're trying to hammer home. That yeah. all women are crazy, including Aunt Viv and Hillary and Janet. Like, apparently the only person who's not crazy is Gia, the waitress, and Tony, <laughs> the <laughs> cousin's best friend. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like it's just, mm, it's just, in, it's cheap. It's in poor taste. So the next scene, we see uh, Will takes back his clothes. He wants his clothes back. He was set up. This date sucks, and this woman is crazy, right? Women be crazy. Women be and crazy. Jazz, and Jazz is just like, yeah, I knew that. I was just waiting for something to pawn her off on some other sucker. So Jazz is wearing this shirt. So you guys should all know what that means. Mm-hmm. Someone's throwing them out. <laughs> but yep. this time, it's Will. <laughs> Who tosses him out so, the and house? That's what, what, when you talked about Jazz's comedic timing, I was like, this whole episode, it was great, because I love when he's like, well, between the humpy dance and getting thrown out of this house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he follows him right back into the house. <laughs> which, which I, I love. Too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, yeah, but well, but Will basically says that Janet was at his place at seven to pick out his clothes. Called five times by ten and would be uh-uh. there right now if she wasn't shopping for his beeper. Uh-uh. This is yeah, fatal. As Will said, fatal attraction business. Uh-uh. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, Jazz basically tells Will good luck with trying to break it off because the last dude he could barely walk now. <laughs> And, you know, what he can do is what Jazz did, which is set him up with, set Janet up with someone else. And Will's like, I don't roll like that. What guy deserves a girl like Janet? And this, this is when I remembered Carlton was an episode. And I was like, now I know what happens and I'm here for it. (laughs) First off, can we please talk about, we need to talk about the public enemy bit that he, that Carlton does. Because I was like, damn, that sounds like a catchy ass verse for that song. A cappella version of a cappella jazz crooner version of Public Enemy. I was like, yes, I'd listen to that whole album. If this- I probably <laughs> listen to that. I would. I'm I'm so unashamed to say that. Like I I yeah, one hundred percent. It's funny, yeah, the way he comes jogging in is all briskly. Hi guys. <laughs> But I love to waste no time to like just be like, so you're coming with us because you're like much cooler, even mm-hmm. though it's so obviously like not a cool thing that he just did. No. Um, and <laughs> and they just go straight into them being at this club that is also a restaurant. Restaurant, yeah, this weird hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I, guess you could do I, I don't understand it, but I I want to go there when the pandemic is over. <laughs> I feel like there would be people like dancing up against you. Maybe like the restaurants up or downstairs, but the, no, it just seems like people are dancing and eating in the same area. Do they stop serving dinner at a certain point and then they're like, okay, so now you dance because we're done serving dinner? 
that could happen. I know clubs in Philly like that. <laughs> like, yeah, club restaurant hybrids in Philly. <laughs> do that. They're like, all right, we're clearing the tables. Uh, but yeah, now they're at this like club restaurant hybrid and Hillary and Tony come over to greet Janet. And then uh, what? Hillary's like, Tony, this is Janet. And it's like, oh, well, my sister's name is Jane, but we call her Amy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, what the Such fuck? a good line. <laughs> Such, Such a good, good line. Joke. <laughs> it's the joke. It's a good, it's a good one too. And and like Tony, you mentioned earlier, so Will says hi. And Janet nudges him for looking at Tony. She's like, that's my cousin's best friend. She's like, I don't care. And it calls us like, Janet, are you feeling well? You seem cranky. <laughs> Poor Carlson. I know, but then Will is just like, no, she's just joking. That's what makes her so fun to be around. And it's just like, oh, my God, Will, why can't you just be like, yo, you're being really annoying and weird. And I think I'm going to go now. Like, I don't understand. Like, I get it. It's sitcom setup, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, let's push off the girl onto another boy, which mm-hmm. just so happens to be my annoying cousin. But it's like, why wouldn't you just tell this girl? Like, in the real world, you would just be like, you would ghost this person, right? Yeah. Like, you would just... <laughs> Or you would just, yeah, yeah, you would stop returning their calls. Sure. You would be like, absolutely not. I'm not going anywhere with you. I'm not going to actively choose to be somewhere with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I am appreciative, though, to see Jazz somewhere other than just the bank's living room or getting to the <laughs> door. Yeah. So I will say that I do enjoy <laughs> the fact that they decided to bring Jazz along. It's a nice little extended storyline here. A little more to do. Um, yeah, so as you said earlier, uh, Tony compliments his jacket, and then uh, Will is just staring down at his plate, and Hillary's like, are you saying grace? <laughs> it was like, I've been praying a lot lately. And then Janet just makes this, oh, it's just so crazy, I didn't realize this happened, where she's just like, you know, if you don't stop talking out the side of your mouth, you're going to be speaking that way permanently. I'm just like, oh my oh. god, dude, this is crazy. Um, because women be crazy, Magdalia. Women, women be, be crazy. crazy. But uh, what's great is Tony's just like, ew, break <laughs> out the my dolls. It's like, you know, they're noticing like her bad attitude. And I did love that. I love that nobody just sort of like kind of like did like a weird face, yeah, and like didn't comment on it. So I definitely do appreciate the fact that the script is like, no, you all should be noticing how like not cool the behavior is. Mm-hmm. Like, I so I do appreciate that. Uh, but it, <laughs> you get a half of a gold star episode, right? <laughs> Tony rips that in... sticker in half, but it's not until Carlton actually <laughs> like, Oh my God, Carlton. I listen, I make fun of Magdalia a lot whenever she's like, I love Carlton. Cause she just doesn't love Carlton. She's like, I would date Carlton. I would I date Carlton. Totally my crush. And I <laughs> never understood it at all until this part of this episode. <laughs> I it's so it. hot. It's so I hot. It. Go ahead, Dahlia. Tell the people what happened. I have to eat this, okay? I ate it, like, more than once today. And someone's going to make a that's-what-she-said joke out of it, but I don't care. Go Saying ahead, it. Tell the people what happened in the, in the rest of this episode. Tell them. So, basically, her soda is warm, and she holds it up and tells Will that, and Will has to call Gia, who is the waitress, and he just yells her name out. And then she's like... Uh, well, she says, I need ice. And Carlton's like, I need ice what? <laughs> She's like, I need ice in my warm soda. Carlton's like, I need ice, please. 
So then Carlton and Will are like, oh, shit. It's about to go down. And they drag their chairs back further away. And then uh, Janice stays, uh, stands up and is like, what did you say to me? And then Carlton stands up, apologizes to Will, which is very proper. Like, I'm sorry, Will, but I got to say this. And she, he's like, Janet, your behavior has been inappropriate. And uh, you owe everybody at this table an apology, especially that poor waitress over there. Sorry, I'm doing a whole performance in this car. <laughs> do it. Do it. And that poor waitress over there, you know, if you don't, and if you don't do it, we will take you home and continue the night without you. And I was like, ah! So hot. So <laughs> Very hot. It was a I very hot it. monologue. It was incredibly hot. I felt tingles and jingles. I understood the attraction for Carlton. About <laughs> I will never again judge Magalia for being attracted to Carlton Banks ever again. Thanks to this it's episode. It's so great. Oh he my said, God. I will t- we will take your ass home and go right back to the club <laughs> without you. Right. We will continue the uh, that's where the zinger is. We will continue the night without you. That is a great line. (laughs) And I love though too that like Will and Jazz are just literally over in the corner, just like, oh, like, you know, this is not gonna end well for Carlton. Like she's killing. She's like, poor Carlton, end of Carlton. And she immediately is like, Yes, Carlton. Like, yeah, because he's like, Do I make myself clear? Right. <laughs> he says he again. Well just said, Yes, Daddy, of course. Anything you say, sir. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they were just like, Wait, what the, what the hell just happened? Like, it was such a great. But it, 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 I think what I love the most about it is that Carlton isn't like trying to uh, give her any quips about it. He's just like, your your behavior is inappropriate it's it's yeah. unacceptable and you're being incredibly rude and you need to apologize to the people you need to apologize right mm-hmm. now that's it. and there's no ifs ands or buts about it there's nothing right. smart about it and i love it i love it so yeah much. he checks her it's like where i come from manners account for something and i it's, it's great because when the second time that carlton says do i make myself clear Sometimes Alfonso can't keep his little New York ass right, right out of the episode. <laughs> and his little Bronx accent slipped out unclear. It's like, do I make myself clear? <laughs> <laughs> you got to go back and listen to it again. I was like, oh, Alfonso. Such a I love great him. moment. He's it's great. So great. Yeah, like um, you said, it was it was just very straightforward, and it, and they played it really straight, and it was it's like shows you like Carlton is a real sensible person. He's just gonna he's not gonna stand for that either, you know. They they're uppity and stuff, but they got manners. They don't like that business. Yeah. <laughs> um. So all is well. We're coming to the end of the episode. Will's very impressed by Carlton, and Uncle Phil's like, well, he got that from me. I'm not surprised, because sometimes you got to tell a lady what to do. Da, ba, ba, da, da, you, ba, <laughs> and then Aunt Viv is right behind her. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, he makes herself known, and he physically okay, so- jumps. It looks like he's having a heart attack <laughs> right then and there. It's such uh, a moment, and I... Uh, I do, because she says, well, well you didn't... He says, well, you didn't hear the whole conversation. And she was whole patient. And he oh. says, the part where I said everything after this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's like, um, she was like, oh, no. He was like, how much did you hear? It depends how long <laughs> like you been standing there or something like that. I was like, well, how long were you standing there? 
Right, um, and then Janet and Carlton walk into the room, and she's actually written like a literal stacks stacks mm-hmm. of of apology notes. Yes. Now she's not going to mail them. She's going to hand deliver them. And he's like, "That's better." Yeah. That's better, sweetie. Sweetie. That's and better. Like, yeah, and he's like, "I'll go get your coat," and then he leaves the room. And then Will is like, "Oh, so." all women want is just a man who's going to take control. So then he's like, Jazz, watch this. And then he does this whole incredibly cringe thing where he's like, yo, Janet! Yeah. He's like, yo, girl, this is what's going to happen. And it's like, oh, no, don't do that. So, girl, he's not even dating anymore. Right. And I'm like, is your cousin dating this chick now? What are you doing? And he's like, we're going to go to the place I want to go to. I'm going to get what I want to order, and I'm going to eyeball anybody I want to. And she, oh God! And he was like, like, "Do I make this? Yep, (laughs) clear." And she gets one smart ass like uh, comeback where she's like, "The only thing clear is the space between your ears." And then she she just walks out. She snaps off. Right. And then Jazz is like, "No, you didn't do it right." And then just so happens that Hillary is crossing across the living room at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. So then he tries to pull the exact same monologue that Carlton did in the club, and (laughs) I'm so glad this ended the way that it did. She, it looks, it looks for all of one shirt. Right, he's wearing a shirt, but it looks like it's gonna work. And then she just says, "Come here." And then the show ends on a freeze frame of him getting thrown out. Yeah, Will's just like, what the heck, this worked? It's just like, ah! No, freeze frame. Ben Medina, producer. (laughs) It's great. It's great. Um, Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. It had to be you. Yeah, I I think uh, there was a good chunk of the beginning of this episode that really did not work for me at all Mm -hmm. for, like, all the reasons we just talked about. Yeah. But last, like six or so minutes I'm like yeah I like that but yeah. I realized that we have to get through the cringy parts in order to get to that payoff I just, Act 3 was definitely where it was at right but I don't know if I would ever watch this episode again if I'm Ooh. Gonna... <laughs> I don't know yeah. I, would, I would skip it right even for you would even skip Act 3 the whole Carlton thing that's just that's worth it That's why why I can just enter that clip into YouTube and just watch that one little clip. I don't have to go through the whole episode to watch (laughs) six minutes Um, because it's a it is a lot. There's a lot of problematic bits that are just kind of like and I get it. It's all to build up. So that way, yes, the ending message is that that behavior is not okay. But you had to go ahead and make a whole lot of jokes that we're all in the women be crazy genre and all men are yeah. dogs genre. And it's like, ah, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot to get through in order to get to the better message. Like, I, yeah. Cause the messaging yeah. is really, no, the man want, no, the women want the man to be the one to, to be doing that, to be dominant. You know, that's what the message is. It's not that she did anything wrong. Right. No, she wanted somebody to check her or needed someone to check her. Right. And I yeah, and again, it's like I don't even know also, if the message is a it's a problematic end goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like it's not it's it was called to the field great and it's a great payoff. But if that's really the messaging or the moral of this episode, that too is very problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Cause I mean, I'll, I'll be one to admit, like I'm very, I'm very assertive. I know what I want. I got high expectations, but I'm always saying to myself, like, I wouldn't mind a man who would just like kind of take over or take over the reins. I don't want anybody to treat me like <laughs> Janet was treating Will, but right. I kind of put it in those words, you know, like dominate or, you know, to bring me down control. a notch or something like that. Almost like control. Right. And that right. has like some negative connotations to it. It's more like you're trying to find your yin and your yang. Which I don't know might also be something problematic to say, but well, yeah, you know, is especially for like someone like yourself, which I'm so sure because this is a well documented, um, I don't want to say issue, but I guess a phenomenon where it's mm-hmm. like not even a phenomenon. It's just it, it's just common sense. Women who are used to being Type A in their everyday lives usually don't want to do that when they come home. They don't want to have yeah. to go ahead and like feel like they have to go ahead and now be the house manager, the relationship manager. They do mm-hmm. want someone who's going to allow them to like relax and take over things and just handle things. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that person has to be a control freak who is now basing what they're going to control on their insecurities. Because it's not like Janet was like, let me go ahead and fix things for you that you definitely want fixed and that is going to better your life. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to take away everything that you enjoy in order to make myself feel good because I don't want X, Y, and Z to happen to me. And Mm -hmm. nothing that she was doing was for, you know, Will's sake, even though she's like, oh, your cholesterol. Like, no, that's not for him. It's just because she's like, oh, no, me and the six kids one day. What are we going to do with that? (laughs) Right. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. So the controlling and I, that idea of like, I need, I want a man to dominate her or whatnot down to love languages right so like yes mm-hmm. i'm a very type a personality but because of type of service means nothing to me like it's not a love language that i really respond to because yeah. i'm like mm, yeah you did the dishes but you didn't do them the way that i like them done right right, right. Like, yep. I, I get what you were trying to do but it wasn't so it all depends there are different ways that people express and receive love and i think that needs to be figured out within the context of that particular relationship mm-hmm for sure, for sure. So yeah, not not a great episode in terms of the messaging, for sure. Um, a lot of cool moments, right. which is always is always the case with these Jeff Melman episodes. Which Jordan, we recently learned he's a MAGA person, so I won't be trying to get an interview with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, is terrible. I found him on Twitter. I found him on Twitter and went through his timeline. I'm like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, it, this isn't just because of his own person. But I mean, this is also a thing that happens in a lot of 90s sitcoms, unfortunately, where I yeah. feel like if you were trying to go ahead and find, you're going to find a whole bunch of these kinds of episodes where it's like the women be crazy or all men are dog episodes. Yeah. And unfortunately, especially for the Will Smith character, uh, they really like to play that up, especially mm-hmm. uh, before he's a little he playboy. Finds, right. Before he finds a stable girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh he's always like just dating a bunch of women he's Mm -hmm. always like literally like barking at them or you know uh cat calling them like it's just supposed to be juvenile behavior because he's playing an actual juvenile but it's just like uh looking back on it it's just kind of like "Mm." sometimes it's cute because it's like okay it's for the gag but then sometimes it, it just goes way too far and way too much especially if the whole episode is just based on that because yeah, these days we not to belabor the point too much because this episode is already we talked a lot about it. Yeah. Um, but finding out that that person is now a MAGA dude makes sense, 
And I feel like that's why we are now fortunate and we really need to push being so critical about who is creating the content mm-hmm. that yeah. we're watching. Because it's very easy to write it off and say like, oh, that's how society was that day. Well, no, maybe that's not how society was. Maybe that was the person who had access to create this content. Right. Then we well, say, sure. well, oh, well, now it's a reflection of our society. Oh, yeah. You know? That's not at all to let this dude off the hook mm-hmm. at all for his own choices. Because, I mean, yeah. But when we talk about what people were allowed to get away with, as opposed to what you can do now. Like, you could never yeah. make this episode now. You, would, you couldn't even make this episode 10 years ago, if we're uh-huh. really honest. Like, it, it's just, yeah, it's simple, it's basic, it's just low-hanging fruit. Um, it's a DEF com, you know, it's DEF comedy jam algorithm. That's all it is, in my opinion. Right. Because a lot, a lot of these days with these teen soaps that we see, we're really trying, we're really focusing, like, shows like Riverdale, and there was a few other, like, Gossip Girl, with the over-sexualization uh, over of teenage girls. And obviously mm-hmm. a lot of the actors aren't teenagers, but they're playing teenagers, so that's what's on screen. Mm-hmm. Right. But I see a lot of over-sexualization of the men in this show. <clears throat> they're really trying to play up Will's playboy mm-hmm. uh, persona, and they never really let us know how old he is. <laughs> is right. He's 15, he's 16, he's 17. We don't know. Because uh, he's a sophomore, but uh, they said he was 17. He drives, he could be 16, right? But then he dates all these women, and he goes on a lot of dates, and they're always about him hooking up with them. And it's Carlton, and it's Jazz, and it's anybody else who's, you know, walking across the screen with a penis right. <laughs> on this show. It's, yeah. it's just weird. I think, we, I think we need to look back and also see the over-sexualization of teenage boys, just because right. they're not getting half naked, it's 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 construed in a different way. I do appreciate, though, and I do want to go ahead and make this clear that the Will Smith character does <laughs> go through an evolution in later seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just that, especially in the beginning, and I'm so sure that this is going to happen in season two and season three, before because I don't think he gets a, a, a long-term girlfriend until he gets to college with mm-hmm. Tyra Banks' character, if I'm not mistaken. No, not uh, long. Nia Long comes after Tyra Banks, doesn't, doesn't They she? don't date. Tyra Banks and him don't date. They work together at the college okay, shop. She's meant to be like the will they, won't they. Right, romantic right. Interest, right. <clears throat> so it's not until that point where he really has somebody to kind of like, you know, like what you're doing is not okay. You're acting really juvenile. That's not like what you need to be. That's not how you need to be treating me, essentially. Mm-hmm. He just has like a revolving door of women. And, yeah, I get it. Like, he's supposed to be 16, 17, some weird, like, you know, not just great teenage age. I don't mind the character being girl crazy. It's just that when you take it to the point where it's like, you're also adding, it, it's just about where it falls into the catalog, right? Like, mm-hmm. one episode is not <clears throat> blame for, you know, misogynistic attitudes that people may have, or it's not responsible for an entire trend in pop culture. Mm-hmm. But it's part of it and it's just like mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate that this one just had to be as bad as it was frankly yeah yeah and i would be curious to put this in a lens against yeah. shows like saved by the bell excuse me <clears throat> saved by the bell what else was around that time with uh white male leads um i, I don't know i would just like to put it up on uh, against the lens because i don't really remember zach morris acting like that oh zach morris is trash Oh, Zach, no, Zach, Zach Morris is trash in different ways, but when I we're talking about trash. being... Zach Morris is trash. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I blame my fuckboys on Zach Morris. 100%. <laughs> Zach Morris and Roger Cox. Oh, yeah. 
And okay, I that was a bad example. I didn't mean to call people methamphetamine bitches. I'm commercial, but y'all know what I mean. Yes, right. But I think there's also a difference in audience because this was primetime sitcom, mm-hmm. right? Versus something like Saved by the Bell, which what I remember was Saturday morning uh, release, so it's a weekly, like but right. like meant for Beverly daytime. Hills 90210. How about that one? Oh, but those are like you know. Um, <laughs> Um, are, are, isn't it just a bunch of friends dating each other? Yeah. I'm trying to think of other half an hour sitcoms that would be comparable. And I guess the closest yeah. I'm getting is Boy Meets World. Right. Because I'm I'm just trying to I'm what I'm ultimately saying is is this because he's a black teenager and they're trying to put it like he can't control himself? I don't want to make a, a a mountain out of a molehill. Right. I'm also, I'm just curious to see if that's also because Jeff Melman, he is a white director. Um, I don't know the racial makeup of uh, a lot of these writers, um, and I, I would be curious to research that as well. White. I think they're predominantly predominantly white. I think what it ultimately comes down to is the fact that this is a character being played by a man in his early twenties, right? A man. Yeah. Uh, and also his persona on the show is taken from his music at the time, the Fresh Prince, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't cursing in his uh, raps. So what no. was he rapping about? About girls, mm-hmm. right? About mm-hmm. the summertime, about girls in bikinis and shit like that, right? Girls ain't nothing but trouble. Right. It, it's not too live crew, but, and then also when you're trying to write a funny character, oh, what's funny? How girl crazy the boy can be and the hijinks he can get into. It's meant to mm-hmm. be very, very, um, I think the reason why we're having such an issue with this particular episode is just because it's literally joke after joke after joke after joke about how mm-hmm. women be crazy and how Will has gotten into into the situation because all men are dogs. Yeah. Right? There's no variation whatsoever to the jokes. It's like almost every single joke in here either falls into one of those two camps or into the Uncle Phil is fat joke. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, again, simple, yeah. basic, low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you guys rate the episode? Two out of five. Whoa! Two out of five. That's I'm one of on, her lowest ratings. It is. I own, are we, wait, are we, do we do this out of five or do we do yeah. it out of ten? Five. Okay. <laughs> two out of five. Because the only reason I'm giving it a two is just so that way Janet Hubert can give the excuse me. Anytime Janet Hubert says excuse me, it mm-hmm. gives me so much life. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. I love it. And then Excuse also me. for the Carlton monologue, because it was just, ah, tingles and jingles. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Wait, I think we do it out of 10. Do we? Okay. Four out of 10. I'll just, yeah, four out of 10. <gasps> wow. Four out of 10. Tony? I mean, not Tony. I Jordan? I haven't just started enough. I haven't got it enough. I thought it was out of fun. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know why I don't know. Four out of 10. What do we go by? <laughs> I, it makes sense to do it out of five, right? <laughs> well, I, don't I don't know, know yeah, why I did out of ten. Reduce the fraction. Okay, fine. We're going to go to five. So she did two out of five. It's a new year. We're doing out of five. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'll average it out later. Jordan, your rating. <laughs> We're reducing our fractions. It's two out of five. Two out of five as well? Okay. What about yeah, you, McDowell? Oh my gosh, I feel so only they it had feel so pressured. Um man, oh you guys bring up so so many good points. So I'll have to lower my score a little bit. Um 
I got good Carlton here. Like, and mm-hmm. for that, that earns a three out of five. Okay. Because I, I have to one up better than you two. <laughs> Wait, you said three? No, I said I disagree. But oh. okay, you're allowed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you do, girl. Are you allowed to have an opinion? Mm-hmm. I guess. Whatever. Yeah. If it was a Jeffrey episode, she'd be like, oh, five out five. of five. across the board. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like, six out of five. Six fifths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, it, yeah, I think there's just way too much uh, problematic aspects of this whole storyline of the jokes in order for me to, like, again, I don't think I'll ever go back to watch it again. Um, and even though you and I have covered problematic mm-hmm. episodes before yes. on the show, and I still would say I'd probably go back to watch some of those just because mm-hmm. even though they have problematic elements, those are usually outweighed by other things that I feel like, oh, th- that's worth another rewatch. This one, I'm like, oh, no, it's out. Yeah. I'll just yeah. look at the Carlton clip on YouTube. It's fine. It's not an essential episode. It's it's good for right. to see another side to Carlton, but you could do away with this. And right. the messaging is 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 totally negative. Right. At the end of the day. Um, so that does it for It Had to Be You. Uh, we are going to see you guys next week for Nice Lady, another season one episode, getting closer to the end here. Um, anything, you guys are on new shows. Uh, Jordan, I, I see your um, your shows on Twitter with that hat, hashtag show. But uh, something about Teen Ang, sorry, what is it called? The sub name for no, it? I like Teen Ang. Smells like teen angst. Yes. <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. Oh, we're just bringing you all of our hot on teen the pop culture content. So we have Riverdale. Uh, we do reviews and shows, and uh, we reread Twilight together. We have a book club. We are going to be back that book club in another form we like doing that one live and live recording is not a thing of corona so you don't have any content but we have a lot of teen media related content over there noise noise and uh tony you have a new show yeah, um, I've got a brand new show called Have You Tried Not Being a Podcast? Uh, it's all about queer representation in pop culture. Uh, I uh, co-host it with uh, Yale Teagle and Chris Lamb, so definitely uh, go give it a uh, go give it a listen. You can find it on, I think, uh, I, I know it's definitely on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. I know I'm missing one other, and I'm so sorry, uh, but it definitely is also as an audio po- uh, video podcast. Sorry, uh, and you can find that under that hashtag show. Uh, youtube channel uh but you know just search for have you tried not being a podcast uh i still am also uh hosting um the astonishing x show so you guys can hear all about my x-men um uh, opinions on that and i did also just record uh, a guest spot for uh johnny and justin's disney plus diversity uh we talked about wandavision and basically mm-hmm. about the representation uh that that has we had a really great conversation i'm actually really anxious to see how that episode uh turns out so definitely please go give that a listen as well nice nice we're all winning we're yeah i feel i love it I love it. Yeah, I have some things in the works, you know, producing a couple of shorts and waiting to get my next freelance gig and, you know, uh, waiting to get my streaming set up back 
going on Twitch. Uh, so I can't wait to make some announcements myself. But I'm so happy to see you guys content creating because you're so talented. And I just want to see good things for you, too. Um, but, with, but with that said, we'll see you guys next week for the next episode. Thank you for listening in and thank you for coming back. And we'll, I'm sorry for the long wait. And hopefully we get back to a regular schedule soon. And with that said, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.